Uh, we're ready anytime. Uh, perfect, uh, perfect background setting with Husky Stadium in the back. Actually, the I most beautiful, the most beautiful setting in college football, right? It it, it truly is, and I tell you, um, right now, uh, the home games just got a lot more intriguing. Uh, starting in twenty 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 four, it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, all that rolls out, but let you guys talk about that you're listening to the sports on tap seattle podcast two brothers george and sammy talk all things seattle sports also nba please bring back our supersonics Yeah, so I guess if you're tuning into this podcast you know the big news washington huskies oregon ducks we're more of a Husky-centric pod. We don't really care for the Ducks that much, but uh, are moving over to the Big Ten. Mike, you were on this pretty earlier than everyone else. Uh, do you want to just talk about that a little bit? Well, I used to live in Columbus, Ohio, um, and I used to produce some shows there. So I have some pretty good sources in Ohio as well as here at Washington. And when I had two people that don't know each other, um, never heard of each other, telling me the same thing, I kind of figured there was legs to it. So uh, both of them were confirming each other's information without knowing that they were doing it. So I really kind of, that's where I, where I realized that the story had some legs. And I had the story out uh, about four months ago. Yeah, I, well, and I know you said that, you know, as you said, it was, it's gotten more entertaining or more exciting. I, I don't want to mince your words. It was one of those two things. When you heard the news initially, forget now when it's like said and done. When you first heard the news, is that where your mind went to? Or was it more, you know, was it more like, oh, this is a big change? Or was it more that this is really exciting? You know, University of Washington is going to be playing against teams like Ohio State and Michigan. And this is going to become even more big time for UW. What was your first thought? Was it excitement or Kind of that question of what's going to go on here. Really, that it was a change that that I wish happened back in 1983. I wish it happened uh, 40 years ago or maybe however many years ago that was, because that's when the Huskies lost out on a national championship playoff game. If Washington had faced uh, BYU, they'd have destroyed them that year. And this has been long overdue to actually get a playoff. I would have loved to see the Huskies against Miami in 1991. So all this is setting up for those epic showdowns that we've been looking for for a very long time when it's been some of those those things where it's been shared national championships that just disgust uh, most most hardcore fans. That's a great that's a great point actually. And not just 91, we had what was it 90 was it 98 when we had one loss and Miami had one loss and somehow we beat Miami and they were in the national championship game over us? So like this stuff, like like you said, it's been long overdue and you can't help but feel bad for other schools. But at the end of the day, you can only care about yourselves, right? I mean, in this world, you care about your favorite team. You can't worry about the Wazoos, the Oregon States that much. I, I, I you know, I, I've never been about feeling bad for anybody. This is uh, a business. I don't mean that in a I bad agree. way. No, I agree. This, I agree. this is a business. Washington has the ability to 
uh, the money that they're going to get, and I'm hearing right now about $42 million, okay? If they stayed with the pack, the, the money in the Pac-12, uh, that would have been around $19 million. So that is an extra $23 million that they can trickle down into other programs. This is great for women's programs that have been underfunded, okay? Th this is great for so many other parts of the program where it's, it's great for for those programs to be able to to help them out and you know i'm yeah. sorry wazoo but um you know it, it's it's difficult for a lot of teams to to fly to pullman in the first place so i'm sort of you know not sad that i don't have to drive over the pass and not know if i'm going to get trapped over there for the apple cup well i mean with that being said with the apple cup what does this mean for the Apple Cup? Do you think that it's going to be going on year by year, or do you think this is kind of the end of one of the most historic rivalries in college football? I think the Apple Cup still happens. I think it happens earlier in the season. I don't think it is a Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, I think if Oregon, Washington, Oregon, uh, Washington, USC, Washington, UCLA, those may be sort of uh, the regular season enders. Yeah. Um, Though, though that that's what I'm hearing right now. The the configuration is they still want to keep uh, the natural rivalries like Oregon with Oregon State. Uh, they still want to maintain those because those will be well attended games. Uh, you know, you won't have people in uh, in um, at Rutgers sit down to watch the Up Cup or or those other games. But you know, th this this is uh, it, I think it moves those timetables up quite a bit. Yeah, I think that's uh, I, I was I was not concerned about the Apple Cup when the news first came out because I mean you there's a lot of non-conference games that happen. I mean UW plays I feel like uh, Portland State or a team like that every single year. They can make it work against University or against uh, Wazoo. So I wasn't really concerned about that because I feel like they always make sure these rivalry games continue to live on. I I did I did really actually find interest in the first thing that you said there because. I have a, one of my best friends in the world, Bo Blanchard, played for uh, University of Washington, the men's soccer team. And uh, his first reaction in our friend's group chat was, what does this mean for the you know, non-revenue sports? Because like you said, it's going to bring in a lot of extra money. And that does a lot for every sport, potentially, uh, men's and women's at University of Washington, even probably even including something like the basketball program, which, you know, is, has been a little bit down before it, or in the recent uh, past, they've been a little bit down, but the more money that comes into a program, the more money in general, that's going to help every sport at UW. So I feel like it's a complete win-win outside of what some people might be concerned about, which is tradition. Like, Oh, it's not the PAC 12 anymore. But other than that, it seems like almost every aspect's a positive. Yes. And, 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 you know, I, I think that just like with the Seahawks, um, fans are going to have to get used to there being, you know, two, three, four losses. Uh, the the days of Alabama being the superpower, of Ohio State being a superpower, uh, you know, they're going to be they're going to have to punch their way out of the corner every single weekend. So this is uh, increasing the fan experience in the way of college football as well. 
That's a fair way yeah. to look at it because I never thought of it that way. But now with a 12-team playoff, it kind of makes a lot more sense to have these super conferences because you can afford to lose one or two and maybe even three games if you're an SEC school and you had a really tough schedule and make the college football final 12 or fi- college football playoff, whatever version that's going to be called now. Right. And, and if you look at if they stayed in the Pac-12, what happens if, um, if it comes down to Washington has played a San Diego State, they've played a Utah State, and they've beaten both by 30, but Ohio State loses to Penn State by seven. You know that the powers that be are going to say uh, Ohio State deserves uh, the, the push through. So by having comparable schedules, it's really going to benefit uh, Washington. Everyone's going to have to recruit better. I mean, there's so many changes in, in college football over the last couple of years. It's really hard to keep track of, you know, the impact of them all. But this possibly is one of the, of the biggest uh, transformations in college football. Yeah, it's. I think that's a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, you mentioned the powerhouses like Alabama and those other schools in Ohio State. You know, with all these conference changes, you have Texas and Oklahoma, I believe, uh, moving over to the SEC. Now you have the UW, uh, Oregon schools going to places like Big Ten. There's not going to be many teams that go undefeated anymore. There's not going to be – I think every team's going to have to get used to a loss or two or maybe even three. And I think George mentioned, like, with the 12-team playoff – you're going to have to be okay with those two, three losses because you're still going to compete for a chance. And I think long-term, it gives UW a better chance to win a national championship because they're going to be competing against these schools that they would be seeing in the playoffs. And, you know, give them a couple a couple losses under your belt sometimes is not a bad thing if you're playing really good schools to prepare yourself for the playoffs because uh, it's definitely a different college football now. It's not, it's not just win out to, to win it all. Yeah, and, and the, the, the thing that I sort of look down the road, uh, you know, how far – okay, now I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying there's certain things in the works for it, but when are they going to be able to start trading players? Oh, wow. I mean, you know, I mean, there's already the transfer portal. Can, yeah. can colleges go, hey, um, uh, we trade you our defensive tackle, our second-string defensive tackle for your quarterback? Um, and make them eligible immediately. I mean, who knows where this whole thing is going? Because uh, I think it follows the the sort of the the model of of you know what's going on in the NFL as far as how important the revenue is and how important um, your your conference schedule is. You know, yeah. Mike, I never thought of it that way, but and I would say it sounds far-fetched, but then I would have told you years ago the f- college football playoff would have sounded far-fetched. Then I would have told you the transfer portal, portal would have sounded uh, far-fetched. And, and I know. Yeah. Do you know how many far-fetched. people... <laughs> do, wait, do you know how many people told me that Oregon and Washington going to the Big 12 was far-fetched? Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I did see your Twitter replies yesterday, and people were all over you, man. Like, you handled it pretty well. Some people were get, getting kind of mean there, too. But uh, you handled that well, and you talked to me earlier off the camera on text about, like, Twitter, and it was pretty obvious who has been in no- negotiations and things like that, and you wanted to talk about that. Get, get, go ahead and expand the, on the, that. The, the one thing that I, I found rather humorous was how people were living and dying by the moment in a tweet by this person or that person, we're going to screw it all up. 
Well, that's what happens in negotiations. You're, this was this was a new type of negotiation where it was really played out live on Twitter on social media. You could see <laughs> how they were how they were jockeying and how they were pushing, you know, envelopes across the table. This is our offer. This is our offer. And if you've ever sat down in a, on one of those meetings, you can't blink. You can't show your hand, and that's what um, what the Big Twelve or the Big Ten was doing. That's what Washington was doing. Oregon actually came in there, um, and they they did some things that were pretty strong armed. So you know, it, in in all, it, it worked out well where where Washington can recover financially from uh, some contracts that they are still tied into some other things that are going on. This really kind of helps where they can stop using the red ink on the, the final uh, line item and they can start using black ink on the financials. So this is a good day for Husky football. Yeah, it's a, it's, it was reminding me a lot of uh, like the NBA type of negotiations these days where, you know, agents are coming out and saying, I, I don't know if you're very familiar with what goes on in the NBA, but like Damian Lillard, agents are saying like, we're not, we're only going to the Miami Heat. And then there's, you know, people tweet, they are sending messages to different agents and different news reporters to try to get the word out there. And it's just, it was, it's kind of one of those things, you know, where on Twitter you have people releasing news like, well, this is what they're looking for. Well, they're only going to accept these offers. And it becomes like a, you know, a battle online to see to see what everyone can get. And, and, and it all played out, and it was really fun to watch. It was humorous to watch those who were living and dying by the moment <laughs> or the people that thought at 1040 um, last night that there was going to be a decision made and they were going to announce it after, after the Board of Regents meeting. Um, I think it's been, uh, you know, I, I had two different sources on this. One had a timeline of one thing, another had a timeline of a different thing. And so it kind of went with a little bit of uh, the faster timetable, but one of them had the timetable uh, right. And I should have gone with them, and I kind of trusted that one a little bit more, but I kind of tried to merge them. But it came down to uh, where the schedule worked out, that they were able to have all this stuff. Today's an off day. We don't have to report on practice. Um, but it's, tomorrow's going to be a, an interesting day with the questions that they're going to be at. We're going to be able to ask the players. So um, it, it's, uh, but it was, it was, it was a lot of fun last night, kind of watching the guys as, uh, as the roller coaster would be going up and then it'd be coming back down, but then it'd go back up. So yeah. <laughs> some were enjoying the wild ride. Some were like, man, I can't take this. And they were, they clicked off about the fourth overtime period on, uh, I don't know if you, if you saw all of that, but they, they extended the, the Regents meeting by 15 minutes yeah. and 10 minutes and five minutes. And finally in the fourth uh, extension, I was like, okay, are, are, do they have to go for two now at this point? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They got to go for two. I like that. It actually gave me a good laugh. A question for you. So a couple things. One, um, this is going to be probably the final season for Washington at the Pac-12, correct? Like it's going to start next year in the Big Ten? Yes. All right. And what do you think of this season in the Pac-12? Like, does it feel like, I mean, I know we have national championship aspirations in the Pac-12 title aspiration, but does this feel like kind of a lost season in the fray or no? Um, I, I think that, that for, for Washington, I don't know if you can hear me 
too well over this boat that's getting ready to go out. No, we're good. Yeah, no, we're good. Carol on point. But, um, you know, uh, I, I think that going forward, it's national championship aspirations all the way. You look at Austin Mack yesterday at practice, and uh, the dude can absolutely sling that ball. So this isn't a one-time, our mentality is win the national championship this year. They have that expectation from here on out. So um, uh, there's a lot riding on this season, but there's going to be a lot riding on every season from here on out. Yeah, I I think also when you're moving somewhere like the Big Ten, you want to use this year as a season where you prove a point because you are now competing against recruits looking at places like Ohio State and Michigan, and uh, they're looking around at Penn State and other schools. And if you're not able to – if you don't prove, like, good competition this year, over time recruiting is going to get harder when they know they're playing against those other top schools in the nation. So I think this year is actually just as important as many other years for the for the Huskies. And at the end of the day, you know, it, every year matters because if you can win it, it'd be cool to win the Pac-12 in the last season ever of what the Pac-12 is or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Well, there, there's an under uh, – and I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with this, but there's an under-the-radar move by the NCAA, which I think really helps Washington, where they have uh, dropped the, the f- limit of five official visits – and now players can take an unlimited. And that means that Washington can now uh, pay for kids. They can go to Alabama. They can go to Ohio State. They can also come out to Washington. Washington pays for it. But a kid back in, in Alabama who's grown up uh, with not a lot of money can't come out to Washington and really see what you're seeing behind me. Okay, yeah. you get kids on a boat <laughs> out here in uh, the last week of June. And, man, th- this is a deal maker. Okay, so that that's an under the radar move by the NCAA right there, and I think it really helps out Washington. So a lot of big things. I agree with that. I I think that was my first reaction. I I was uh, I think I was telling George I was like you know, there's when a kid comes and visits visits Seattle, especially in the summer. Now when they come, if they were doing visits in December, it might be a little different. If somebody's used to, if you're from Alabama, you're used to some sunshine and heat, not a lot of you know rain and clouds. If you're coming in June, July, and you're like on a boat out on the water with the trees everywhere, you're saying, "Man, this might be a nicer life than you know spending another four years in Alabama again." Like I, I can, I can do a West Coast life for four years. This is a cool change. You look at the Parker brothers. You look at Dominic Kirks from Cleveland, Ohio. The Huskies are starting to build that brand, and so this this whole thing, you know, it's it's really, uh, I, I think not just the moving to the big 10, but all these things are really sort of helping out the Huskies. Absolutely. And I got like two quick, quick questions for you. I know you're on a little bit of a time crunch one. Uh, we'll go with the first one. What is like, what does this mean for the PAC 12 is like the PAC 12 going to dismantle, or is this being just a new look PAC 12 of San Diego state, Boise state, et cetera. Well, um, in, in the first story that I had, the, the, uh, four moves were Colorado, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State to the Big 12. I wasn't sure what's, and I'm still not sure what's going to happen with uh, with Cal, with Stanford, with Oregon State, and Oregon. Um, you know, you, you really got to see the dire straits of what those programs were like when 
you had uh, Larry Scott take away most of the season in 2020. And that really, uh, for, for those programs, was really kind of eye-opening for the lack of uh, fans. And, and it's sort of carried over. So it's really going to be interesting to see what happens with those four teams right there. I'm really not sure. Um, I don't have a good, any good intel on that. All right, and the last one, what does this mean for Huskies basketball? Like Mike Hopkins, I know we didn't really have money for his buyout this year. So, like, now we might have a little bit of extra cash on our hands. So I, I, I don't exactly know what that means. I knew where you were going with that question <laughs> because I'm actually writing a story on that right now. And I'm not going to say that, um, that this is uh, bad news for Hopkins, mm-hmm. but um, I'm going to say that that the Jimmy Lake contract uh, really helped preserve his job because they didn't have yeah. uh, the ability to do a buyout and send them further into the red. Yeah. Um, but that puts the impetus on Hopkins to really make some magic happen this season. So all those transfers that he's brought in, I mean, it's go time. Yeah, yeah. But the good news, well, I mean, God, like if this was one more year, Hopkins in the Big Ten, getting fifth in the Big Ten will get you an NCAA tournament berth. But getting fifth in the Pac-12, a watered-down Pac-12, will not get you an NCAA tournament no. berth. So it's do-or-die time for Mike Hopkins. I agree. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, Mike, I also want, before you head out, just to let everyone know, uh, if they're not familiar with you, where to find you, what you do, um, make sure you plug yourself as well. Uh, you, you can track down all, all of my content on my website, realdog.com, real D-A-W-G. Um, I'm on uh, Twitter as at Howlin' Husky, H-O-W-L-I-N, Husky. Uh, those are those are the, the places. I've been on Twitter for about 15 years, so that's where I do most of the interaction. I have a lot of friends on there that – that I do a lot. We have a very good message board on Real Dog, and that's where we've had a lot of uh, these stories and and sort of how the the big or see, the Big Ten uh, layout will end up being when when kickoff happens in 2024. I love it. Love it. I appreciate you uh, coming in today. I know it's short notice, but uh, I, I like you got a great setup out on the water. You said on Caroline Point, right? Yes, I am, man. Beautiful. Uh, yesterday, I forgot my hat for practice, and I was standing here baking my scalp a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> it's all good for go dogs. So hey, go dogs, man. Yeah, and you know, it's you ha- you're supposed to have a day off of no practice today, but I guess there's no days off in this time of year, right? No days off. Who wants them? When you do <laughs> what you love, there are no days off necessary. Exactly. That's true. <laughs> We appreciate you, Mike, and uh, yeah, go dogs! And this will be an exciting year. All right, go dogs! All right, take care. Right. Thanks again. Take care, Mike. All right, that was uh, it was Mike Morris, correct? Was that the last name? I just messed it up. Mike Martin. No? Mike Martin. Thank you, Mike Martin. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll put all his stuff in the description. If you're listening on the podcast or on YouTube, it'll be all in the description. And, uh, yeah, I guess final point here, just between George and I, um, I didn't think of the Mike Hopkins. I know we were running short on time, but I did want to mention the Mike Hopkins thing. Um, it does remind me a lot of, you know, what you're looking at. They're probably looking at Jimmy Lake, you know, okay, we got rid of him and we immediately found a new coach that like flipped this program into a 
top they're rated a top 10 offense, potentially a top 10 defense as well in the same season, one year after bringing in a new head coach. So I think uh, Mike Hopkins, unfortunately has been on the hot seat. And like, like we said, we didn't have the money to let him go. So this might be the time they do it. Yeah. You never know. The seat, the only issue is the season. Like you usually want to fire the coach right after the season to get recruits in and stuff. He's done a good job supposedly on the transfer protocol this year with a lot of good players coming in. (laughs) So portal, 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 protocol. (laughs) I don't know, man. There's a lot of big words today. Board of regents protocol. Yeah. Um, so my thing is big he's 10, gonna, big 12, big, big whatever. 10, big whatever. I don't even know how many teams in the big 10 anymore. I think he gets one more year, but if he doesn't make the NCAA tournament this year, uh, he's out. I'm playing yeah, simple. They're not going to fire him right now. The season coming up in like October, November, but they'll right. fire him. Um, they might fire him mid season and like, let give Will, Will Conroy, Conroy yeah. a, a shot to be like, okay, this we know this roster might suck, or maybe it's good, and then if you do good with it, you can get a job. And if but the problem with Mike Will Conroy might be a Jimmy Lake type of situation, right? We don't know. We're just giving him an opportunity because he's a good assistant. So we'll find out. A different topic for a different day because today's UW football. But it was a good point by you that the money's there now. If the they need to fire him, <laughs> exactly. Uh, any other thoughts, man? I mean, I think Mike did a good job there, but I just think, like in general, man. I, but when I woke up this morning, I told you I'm done with college football. <laughs> yeah, was, which and now actually it's a cool th- idea. I don't know why, why you would have said that. I don't know. It just got me. But now I'm more excited about college football. To be honest with you, like you know, when I put it in in context. It's going to be a 12-team playoff, and you can lose two or three games in the Big Ten and then still make the playoffs and still have a shot at a national championship. I think in general, college football might actually be more exciting than less exciting at the end of the season. If anybody's ever listened to any of our podcasts, you know, George has been the extreme anti it sucks there should not be more than three or four teams there should be just this for national championship and the whole point You're all right. along was the whole point all along was usually with college football with four teams it doesn't always mean the best teams winning the reason that's so exciting about playoffs in general in any sport is here's a game two games three games maybe four games to actually see who's the best team in any sport. And that's why I think it's going to be exciting. And now you have to do that. There's no way with this many teams moving to the big 12, big 10 and sec, which pretty much all the schools are going to be in those conferences. Now, essentially uh, there's no way you can only have a 14 playoff because everyone's going to beat each other. Uh, There's going to be a lot of this team beat this team, but this team also lost to the team that beat that team. You know, there's going to be Utah beats Ohio state, Michigan, but loses to Penn state, but Penn state, lost to Michigan and then Ohio beat Penn state, but lost to UW and it's going to be like, okay, so who gets the spot? I don't know. They're all in. It's a playoff. Yeah. But my thing is I did change, but when you change the ingredients in the dish, sometimes the dish does taste better. Well, there was, it's not changing the ingredients. I think it is. I think, I think the new conferences do change the ingredients because now, now teams are all like, it used to be you don't like play I, each it's other. one it's one difference the two the Pac-12 was only 12 conf, 12 teams the rest well, of the teams all the teams are moving from the Pac-12 or moving in from the Big 12 to the SC the only difference is four five or six teams are leaving the Pac-12 that's yeah, the whole difference but, but those are very important teams no they're not the yeah, only they are. two wait, teams wait, wait, wait. Hold they on. Are. The only two teams to ever make the college football playoff out of all those teams are UW and Oregon once. And SC was good. It hasn't been like the same SC for 20 years. 
I mean, at the end of the day, half the Pac-12 is wait, awful. Wait, dude, you're not, but I'm seeing all the ingredients have changed. You've also had Texas leave the Big 12. You yeah, but Oklahoma, they're, that's but they're been leaving a con- to the same to SEC. To, yeah, to another yeah, same just, big conference. I'm just saying in general now, I feel like a lot of good teams play each other. I think it's actually going to eliminate these stupid games we have at the beginning of a season where, like, uh, UW plays Eastern Washington or plays Portland State. If, like, I think it's really going to eliminate those games because I think now your conference schedule, you're going to probably get one non-conference game, which is probably going to be for us every year, Wazoo versus UW. And then you're going to have to play your um, your schedule. So I don't think you're going to have those non-conference games anymore, or at least as maximum one, maximum. So I just think it so makes I think the whole still product better. SEC has been big, and they still get two or three sometimes. Right, but they're starting next year, they're adding another game to the SEC schedule, so now they're going to have to reduce one of those, which is good. I think that's a good yeah. thing for college football. I don't think we need uh, Alabama playing Chattanooga every year, you know? Yeah, I mean, if they want to, it's actually, I mean, the reason I just keep shrugging is because those, if those programs don't get those games, those programs might go bankrupt and they can't be a program anymore. So the whole That's purpose also true, yeah. of those games, which is why I keep shrugging, because they are still going to happen, even though I know you're what you're thinking is. That's what my point was more. They're just not, just like in football now, we don't play everybody that's in the Pac-12. We don't play everybody that's in the same conference. They don't care about that. They care that... You know, Eastern Washington would have not enough revenue if they didn't get that million dollars from UW every year. Or Alabama playing Chattanooga, they get, you know, $1.5 million. That pays for their entire season. So those games have to exist. Or we're going to have probably, you know, the whole bottom third of college football, like 100 programs go bankrupt and go cash dry. Yeah. So there's, yeah, unfortunately, I, there's still And I wonder, happen. does that even matter to you? Like, I, I'm not saying it matters to the kids. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, does it matter to you? Like, do I yeah. really care if the Sunbelt Conference is in existence? They're not playing for anything. Does it matter to you? I, 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 I yeah, totally it does because okay. there's a lot of NFL players that come out of those. There's a lot of people that don't get an opportunity to go to the top-notch D1 schools and they still get an opportunity to become an NFL player. You have people cool. like Tariq Woolen, my favorite Seahawks player right now that was out of the draft last year, went to uh, University of San Antonio, right? Oh, that, or used yeah. to San Antonio UT, Tech. Uh, yeah, If they didn't play Texas and get their ass beat by Texas and get a million dollars from Texas, that he might be a D2 player, a guy that doesn't even play football at a college level because he didn't get a scholarship yeah. and uh, not be in the NFL. So it's important. I mean, th- there's a lot of parts of college football, despite it being a business, it I'm I still think it's professional sports, but at the same time, there is still a half. The other half of it, there's an aspect to it which is, it's student athletes and a and and it's a way to help kids receive scholarships and help kids get their lives in the right direction and cool. build connections and like it sounds corny because it is like the way I just said it, but it's, it is it's corny, important. but it's important. Yeah. yeah. For like, especially like you said, for the NFL, I didn't think about it in those aspects. Like how many, how many great players have come from non power five schools, not just NFL, but NFL and for scholarships for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, well, I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not too worried about the scholarship for the kids personally, because it's not affecting like, me at all but i understand your point but yeah but, i mean yeah. it's affecting the 90 percent of americans can't afford college so it's like extremely important for a lot kids. of people yeah like so yeah. for me it matters i mean like if my kid was able to get a scholarship playing sports i'll forever be grateful for the fact that these things exist right yeah. so um i don't know at the end of the day whatever <laughs> at the end of the day 
uh, we'll see what they do with the non-conference stuff. But uh, <laughs> this is a random emergency pod, so I'm. Uh, it's all I really have on my thoughts. I mean, yeah, honest. same here. Cool day. All right. Well, we appreciate Mike coming on, and uh, we'll be back uh, beginning of next week. This is a Friday, August 4th. You guys will probably hear from us Monday or Tuesday next week, and uh, we'll be back soon. Sounds good, man. Uh, you know what we like to say, George? Hey, thank you for stopping by. Peace.